0: The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them Cowboys? Yes! Go Cowboys! This, this is Cowboys day. Storylines with Nick Eatman. What's up guys? It is another edition of Cowboys Storyline. I'm Nick Eatman and we're here for a fast 30 minutes, might go a little over time, but not too much my producer Chris Beams probably getting hungry ready for lunch so we can't go too too much longer but going to do quick quick show like always here I need your help like always cowboys text line at 817-290-3298 I already have a lot of texts already in here from the last show when I was on a Cowboys break um but right now also phone line that's that's the one i really want uh more than anything 888-855-2297 i'd love to talk to you guys go back and forth a little bit and uh just see what you guys have to say like i've said all along this will be a fan show uh i just want to i want to hear from you and in in some form or fashion whether it be tweets or texts or the calls um as we always do let's go through some storylines and the big one here since our last show was was um, Sam Williams and, and trying to see exactly what what's going to happen with him with with his ar- arrest. Uh, the other day, I thought Jerry Jones, uh, he says he wasn't going to speak about it since it's a, a legal matter. And then he did. And they talked a little bit about it. But more than anything, what what the fans really want to know is, you know, whether you're getting fined, whatever is, are you going to play? Are you going to miss time? And then that's the key. And. Jerry said his, he he did have all the facts and he said that he did not anticipate him uh, being affected on the field. So, and you know, if, if it does happen, it's probably not going to be anytime soon. Um, we were just chatting about it just, just a second ago. I mean, Kelvin Joseph, uh, we all know what happened with him off the field two off seasons ago and never missed any time. Um, and that was a lot worse, obviously, than than what what it is with Sam Williams. So uh, the NFL kind of, I wouldn't say takes their time, but but you know they 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 have to be thorough in in their uh, investigation of everything. And uh, we'll see, we'll see what what happens if Sam does miss any any time or suspended or any kind of uh, disciplinary action. But as it stands right now, the Cowboys owner Jerry Jones does not think that there's going to be uh, any uh, time missed on the field. For Sam Williams Uh, me personally I've been asked about it a little bit I you know I you you, he's a guy you want to root for Um, he's obviously had some some issues in his in his past and and just just his his upbringing Um, and I here he is second year in the league he's got some money he's you know he's got he's got fast cars he's got all that stuff he's not, this is not new. This is, this is what happens. This is what players, they get this moment in their career and they got to figure out how to have balance, uh, in, in his life. Um, I think the Cowboys are surrounding him with a really good support system. They're going to continue to work with him. Um, and, and, and yes, this does matter. He is a really good football player and he's got a good, uh, upside, which is why you deal with, with the things you deal with. Um, One of the greatest players in the history of the Cowboys, um, Michael Irvin. He had things off the field that's been well documented. He was the hardest worker on the field. He was one of the best players in the league. And whether it's right or wrong, this is what happens. And you you put up with a little bit more things for guys that are good players that, that you think they can kind of turn the corner. And I know the Cowboys feel that way. About Sam Williams. Again, phone line 188 855 2297 Want to hear from you guys. Got a lot of text in here. Um, we'll go to to the text uh, line here pretty soon. That's pretty much it for the storylines. But obviously there's a game this week. Cowboys in, uh, play the Raiders. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. Just doesn't sound right. Um, maybe it doesn't sound right because we haven't been there. or haven't played a game in, in uh, Vegas yet. Um, I'm not sure that that would be a, a fun trip or not to go to Vegas. Um and I say that just because, you know, you don't play by the same rules when you go to, to an NFL event and go to Vegas as just three buddies might go or, you know, it's not like the hangover four or anything like that going into Vegas. But but the game's going to be here. Going to be fun to see just one more pre, one more preseason game. Get it out of the way. Um but but there are some some guys out there that this is big for them. I, I will never – you'll never hear me say this is a meaningless game. I, I don't do that. There's too many moments in the history of the Cowboys where preseason games really do affect certain careers. Um, and, and, I you know, I, I think that it, it, it's fun to watch. I mean, Kevontae Turpin is another example of that, a guy that last year uh, trying to make the team and then has an unbelievable first half against the Chargers with two kick, uh, kick return, punt return, touchdown, takes the pads off and became a pro bowler and all pro that night. Um so so preseason can matter individually for certain guys. All right, we're going to go to the phone line. We do have our first call. Joe in Pennsylvania. Joe, what's going on, man? Hey, Nick, how you doing? I'm doing great. How about you? Good. Uh, I got a question about LVE. Um I know a lot of people have been saying he played well last year. I watched all of his games last year and it seems like he he doesn't get off blocks well. He doesn't have the speed or instincts to uh, make a play. Um, I looked at his stats; doesn't have many solo tackles compared to other linebackers. Are you seeing the same thing, or am I way off? Um, I appreciate the call. Um, I don't want. To, I mean, your your opinion is your opinion. You know, I don't way off. That's you know, that's kind of how 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 you see it. I I don't think you're. I don't think you're – You're. I don't agree. I don't really agree with that. I thought he played well last year. Um, a lot of times we compare it to something else. So you're comparing it to other linebackers in the league, which is fair because that's, that's how you get judged. Um, me personally, I, maybe I'm guilty of comparing Leighton to the last couple of years. Um, some people want to compare it to his first year when he was – you know, all pro actually, second team, all pro and a, and a pro bowler. So, you know, we're all guilty of that. We, we, we look at seventh round picks and think that they're doing better than a second rounder, even though they're probably not just, our expectations are different for Layton. Um, he, for a guy that's had some neck injury issues and to come back and, and to play the way he did had a hundred tackles, uh, obviously not all solo, but, but I thought he was active. I thought he, he played, um, pretty well. That doesn't matter about last year. What matters is this year, and I and I like what we're seeing from him. I mean, we 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 pulled a, every a writer on on our team on our staff to to come up with a top ten training camp performers. I think he was like sixth or seventh on the list. Not easy to do for a linebacker because you're not tackling, you're not hitting. But it's about awareness. It's about finding where you're you're supposed to be. They're also going to use him a little bit more in some pass rushing um, uh, role this year, uh, which will help. Maybe with stats, pressure, sacks, all that good stuff. Um, I think he's he's playing well. I think he's kind of coming back from this injury that he's had, and and I I think he's going to have a, a good year. So something to watch though. I mean, you're not. I'm not going to say you're you're wrong with that, um, but I do think that I'm a little bit more encouraged by what we see out of him at the linebacker spot. All right. Uh, phone lines are open still. We want I want to get uh, some more let's go to some text line questions here. I like um, going to the uh, running back spot. Uh, Ronald Jones versus a guy like Leonard Fournette who's who's out there? What's gonna happen at the backup spot and and, and uh, this question was from a uh, 804 area code. No, no name. If you're texting try to put your name at the bottom name uh, you don't have to put full name but just name and, and, and where you're from. Uh, would would love to to uh, include that here. So, but for this question, Fournette versus Ronald Jones, Fournette's obviously one of the, the the free agent running backs that are out there. This is where I think, and I've said this before, where I think backup running back is tricky because of Deuce Vaughn. Maybe Deuce is going to be the backup, but even if he's not, Deuce is not going to be a, a have a huge role on special teams. So somebody at running back needs to. So if you're going to bring in a Fournette, if you're going to even keep Ronald Jones, you you, you need some production from the running back spot on special teams. That's why I think a Rico Dattle is is a is a good backup to have because he can play it. He'll also get some carries as well. Um, I'm liking more from what I'm seeing out of Rico Dattle. So to answer this question about backups. Ronald Jones will be moved to a suspension list next week when the the roster is, is down to 53. It's not just cutting 80 or 90 Sorry, 90 players to 53. That's what 37 players. It's not just going to be 37 cuts. There'll be some guys that go to IR, guys that move maybe revert to PUP, guys that go to the suspension list, all that. Ronald Jones, you don't have to do anything with. He just stays there for 2 weeks, he comes back. I think the the running backs are probably on the roster right now, at least for for a couple of weeks. I just don't see the value in adding that guy right now um, or any any free agent. I mean, it's tricky. I I do want more more juice there at the running back position, um, but I I'm starting to feel better about Rico, and uh, I think he he's going to be the guy. I liked what I saw from him the other night. I thought he has a really good combination of uh, quickness, burst, acceleration, all that stuff with with some power. That's what you want as of a, a running back. And if you can play special teams, sign them up. All right, let's go back to the phone line. We've got a call from Chris in Wichita Falls. What's up, man? What's going on? Go MSU. Go MSU. Uh, that's right. Proud, <laughs> proud alum I am. I don't know. Are you? I don't know if you are, but I, I certainly am. Midwestern states, where it all started for me. Absolutely, brother. Hey, um, just wanted to ask you about Brandon Aubrey. Do you think he'll get some uh, a little more opportunity in this last preseason game? If they're within range, do you think the coaching staff gives him the chance to put points on the board or see what he can do? I appreciate the call, and uh, I know that uh... – I don't. I don't have to ask you if it's hot up there because I know <laughs> that it is. I know that it is. It's hot everywhere. It's hot everywhere. But man, Wichita's got different well, kind of heat for sure. There's uh, a lot of stuff going on up here tonight. I mean, hotter than hell. Old High Rider. Um, wow, a lot of name it. It's insane. Okay. Well, we appreciate the call. Um, uh, not very many people probably know exactly what he's talking about. He's talking about cycling. A cycling race called Hotter Than Hell, and uh, two rival schools that are playing against each other and there's some weird dynamics going on with high school football up there. They're changing the schools and I don't I don't even know what's going on there. But uh obviously it's going to be fun stuff. But appreciate the call, Kicker, Brandon Aubrey. Um I I want there to be some competition. I mean, I want there to- he needs some some reps. There's no doubt about it. He definitely needs reps more important than than playing in the game. And I said this on the break if you were listening to the break. I'm like I'm not worried about trying to get a, a fourth, fourth and six down by the goal line or, or, or even you know back at the 35-yard line. The, if you're in the second half of this game coming up, none of these guys are probably going to be on the team. That, that's, just, that's simple. But Brandon Aubrey, you want to be on the team. He's the one starter that will, you will trot out there. So why not give him the reps? What is it more important for Will Greer to find Ontario Drummond over the middle for a first down so Hunter Lipke can run the ball behind Alec Lindstrom so we can see and evaluate that? Or is it more important for a field goal by uh, Aubrey for 47 yards or whatever? To me, that's more important. If you're really trying to evaluate them, that is more important than these guys playing second half, even second quarter on, because the guys that are going to be on the field – uh, on, I guess the Giants week one, they got the pads off. They got a ball cap, sunflower seeds, all that. But Brandon Aubrey does not. And so I think you have a good opportunity to sh- to show what he can do. All right, got a couple calls in there, got some text lines. Uh, we're halfway through the show. We're flying by, as always. We're going to take our first break here on Cowboy Storyline. When we come back, we're going to get more calls and more texts. Right back. in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit UnitedAgAndTurf.com to find a location near you. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Back, back, back to back. Cowboys Storylines. Second half of the Cowboys Storyline here. We are rolling through and we got uh, more text line questions coming in and some phone calls. We're going to go to the phone line right now. We have Bob from Nashville. Bob, what's up? Hey, Nick, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. How are you? Good. Hey, I texted you earlier, and then I forgot to put my name down. But anyways, oh. um, that's my fault. Um, so I know early in the year, or spring training and stuff, McCarthy talked about changing up the the pass-blocking schemes. And our concerns with the offensive line, I'm concerned about changing up schemes. Have you seen an improvement in the pass-blocking schemes? And uh, if so, um I don't even know what changing up schemes mean. I just thought, you know, the line blocks, the backers pick up blitzers, and that's the way it goes. But the scheme seems to be different, and that's what he's saying. But how do you think that's working and if it's going to work for Dak? Because we need to protect him. There's no doubt about that. We need to protect him. I appreciate the call, Bob. Bob. has it worked all the time? I mean, no, it doesn't. And and number eleven is the reason for that. And, and number ninety. Let's not forget, Tank Lawrence is still, he's had a really good training camp as well. But, but. No, I mean, Micah Parsons messes up everything. And another thing, too, is the continuity on the offensive line has not been there as much. We, Tyron, they're not going to give every rep. Zach Martin held out most of camp. Terrence Steele, he's he's working back from the ACL injury. So they're slowly moving, you know, these guys back into it and want to see all these other guys. So they really had not had a lot of continuity. We've seen it more <clears throat> this last uh, week or so. We've seen the, the the projected starting five out there together. As for the blocking scheme, yeah, everybody's kind of, every every team, every offensive line coach kind of has a different type of scheme. And the Cowboys have a new offensive line coach this year with Mike Solari, who's been around for a while. I mean, he's an older guy. He was here actually on Tom Landry's staff. So that just goes to show what he's done and how long he's been in the league. And, and he's got a different scheme than what they've they've had before with uh, joe philbin or anybody else um you know and uh, to get technical with it I, I, I don't i don't think we need to do that because i mean they, they don't come out and just tell you what the scheme is but just little variations of of how you attack certain guys uh, sometimes it's it's you know the zone blocking ones with more blocking your area whatever comes in there other ones are just more pinpointing a guy and Pointing him out and saying that's my guy, that's what the guard does, the tackle feels here and that, as opposed to laying back, and, and and it all changes with running plays, passing plays. So you know every every scheme is different, and that's to be expected with a new offensive line coach. So I, I don't think it's anything alarming. The goal is always the same. It was the same when Mike Solari was here in 1987. It was to make sure Danny White was upright. Same with every other offensive line coach. So whoever the quarterback is, you want him to be standing at the end of the play, maybe with his hand up in the air saying, hey, great play, but but the goal doesn't change. It's just how they get there is a little bit different. All right, speaking of coaches, coaches um, we've got a question here from uh, Esteban from Austin. He said, are you worried about Mike McCarthy as a play caller after losing Kellen Moore? Uh, I actually like Schottenheimer in his interviews. Do you think he's a bit more involved in th- if things go sideways? If things go sideways, you, yeah, you're always going to change things up. And, and I think that Schottenheimer will be involved. This is kind of unique uh, from what we've seen as far as the offensive coordinator in title. He's, he structures the offense and the game plan and all that. Asks for the actual play calling. Yeah, that, that goes to Mike McCarthy on, on game day. Um, I'm not, not, not really worried about it. Um, I, I think, me personally, I think I'm going to like the way McCarthy calls plays better than I like Kellen Moore. I, and I, I really believe, me personally, the way I, I would think I would call a game, um, I would probably be more conservative as a play caller, because I, I I think you can run the ball as long as you can run the football, uh, I, I would probably do that a little bit more than what what you see you know in the new age offense and stuff like that, and I also think as a play caller and the head coach, I think he's going to be able to manage the game even better than than he did before. A good example the other day against Seattle. Uh, they're driving down the field. I think they got first and goal at the seven yard line. I'm I'm standing down there and I'm thinking, okay, this is great because this is what head coach knows what, exactly what he wants to do. I'm I don't want to kick a field goal here. I want to score a touchdown. That's what he's thinking. Okay, so that goes into your first down call, your second down call. But I've never really understood the guys that have script like we're going to script these plays and whatever. What happens if they fumble the kickoff and you and you you start the ball in the nine yard line? I mean, obviously your post pattern on your first play is not. You know, not there. So it's hard to script, it's hard to get ahead. I just like the fact that the head coach is calling the plays, can manage the games. In fact, it's really not that uncommon. I think more coach more head coaches in the league are doing it than than not. So not really worried about it. Things go sideways, like with any position, anything, any aspect, you will change it up and you'll 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 go from there. All right. Let's go from Oscar, Orange County, California. Um, uh, long-time listener says he wanted to ask us about Sam Williams going to miss any playing time this year. We, we talked about that earlier. I just wanted to bring it back up again uh, since we're now in the back half of the show here. Uh, almost over, just in case you you didn't uh, join us right from the start. Sam Williams. Uh, Jerry Jones is not anticipating any missed time from Sam Williams uh, right now because of this incident. So um, that's, that's where it stands. I'd, will he play this week? probably um you know you know you're not trying to get any, anybody hurt but you know he's he's the fourth or fifth pass rusher so i don't think he'd play long if he does play i don't think he'll he'll play very long but cuz I, I think one guy that i really want to see is Isaiah Land uh rookie from Florida A&M want to see what what he can do um i think he he'll be a he'll be a player that they 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 get in there uh quickly so Sam Williams if he plays I don't anticipate Dante Fowler doing a whole lot either, so you want to get these pass rushers in here quickly. All right, um, Allen from Clearwater, Florida. He says, "What can you tell us about uh, Junior Fajoco's camp and preseason games?" That's another guy that's going to play some here in defensive end. He plays some uh, at tackle. Uh, he's active. Um, he he sometimes as a pass rusher, you can get too active. You can get you can kind of get you know up the field quickly and then the, the play happens behind you you're not as disciplined sometimes and um you know it's it's an it's an adjustment for any any player from college to the pro uh you know he he played I think at San Jose State uh you know he he probably was able to to rush the passer and 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 get away with some of the things that he could do, just because he can make up for it with his instincts, with his with his athletic ability. And in the pros, it's a little different. So you do have to kind of stay a little bit more disciplined in, in, in what he's done. I think I think he just needs reps. If he got hurt uh, during camp, uh, missed some time, he just needs to play. And I think that a game like this will be perfect for him. He's going to make the team. He's a fourth round pick. They really like his upside. He needs to play. Those guys that are kind of raw, that they that you think are they, they can do some 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 things on the field. They need you know the best way to play football or, or is to play football. And that's that's really as simple as that. That's how you're gonna get better at playing football is, is to just go out there and actually play. And I think it'll be good for him to do that. All right. Um let's look at uh, Reggie Reed question here. Would you say that Mozzie's defensive reps are fifty-fifty, both good and bad, and is it leaning more towards one side? Uh, I don't. I don't think it's – No, I, I would not say any. Nobody's reps are going to be fifty-fifty. Um, if if it's fifty-fifty, good and bad, you won't be playing. You, you just that's. Think about that. I mean, think about like a left tackle that was giving up is many. You can't, you can't do that. Um, a, a bad game for a left tackles when he gives up three sacks in the game. Well, he, he also was pass protecting for, you know, probably like 60. So, you know, maybe not that many, but, but still, I mean, he's blocking for 60, 70 s- s- snaps. So, no, I don't think it's fifty fifty for Mozzie. I think he gives up a few plays here and there, and then they get and and everything is 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 a you know a video on Twitter or you know it's circled on on the the broadcast, and and then it's just shown from you know all, all kind of we have all kind of analysts out there on Twitter that that love to, to film breakdowns and stuff like that, which is great, but you know. That's the thing about it, linemen. You see the bad and you see some really good, but when he's sitting there and two guys block him and they don't really move him and someone else makes a tackle for a two-yard gain, he's doing his job. He's doing his job. And that's, that's kind of what you want him to do. He's a first-round pick, and people expected him to just be lights out, get up the field, make all these plays, and it's not happening. And as soon as it doesn't happen, oh my god, another first round pick from Michigan, he's the next taco. That's what people were thinking. Is it fair? Hell no. It's not fair. The guy is I think he's going to be a really good player. He's solid, he's learning right now. He's not perfect. I don't think it's 50-50. I think he's doing a little bit a lot more good than bad. He just the people are kind of waiting for the bad a little bit, and that's that's not fair, but that's what happens with a first-round pick, so I think he'll be he'll be uh, fine with that. All right, um, good question here from Paul from uh, Vancouver. He said, "What's the gap between where Overshone was pre-injury to Jabril Cox, and why isn't Jab- Jabril in consideration over Bell for that spot?" Um, he says, "I think I don't know what he's saying here. I think so and so is better than." There's a typo here. Um, I, let's, let's go with Bell and Jabril Cox. Paul from Vancouver, thanks for the message. I don't think I don't think Jabril Cox is getting passed over. I think they're just looking at the opportunities to for these guys to to get better. I mean, and 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 to play more. And I think that watching practice yesterday, I mean, you could see most of, it was a walkthrough. Uh, hardly anyone had helmets on except for the defensive guys that are. Listening to the play calls. And so and Jabril Cox is one of them. Marquis Bell is, is another. I believe Juan Yane Thomas was also in there as well. It doesn't mean they're going to call plays. It just means they're they're listening to the calls. And they want to get familiar with what uh, Dan Quinn is calling there. So that, that was kind of interesting to see in the middle of practice. You know, everyone's wearing ball cap or you know, whatever, you know, bucket hats and th- there are some defensive guys with actual helmets on because they're, they're getting the calls from, from Dan Quinn. Jabril Cox is one of them. So, you know, this will be this might be a good opportunity for him to play if he's going to get out there and play in this game. This is a tough one for the Cowboys because especially after last week. They they lost the game last week. Not because of the score, because they lost players on injury. That is the win and loss for any preseason game and they lost they lost two players for the season two players that were going to be on the team a couple of rookies um and john stevens and and overshone so you don't want to do that in this game you do want to evaluate players so it's there's some guys that really need to play there's some guys that that you don't want to risk think about losing another player that that is going to be on your core special teams if you lost another player this week that is going to be a really tough situation for a guy like special teams coordinator John Fossil. You know, you, you just you don't want that. You can't have it. So it's it's a very big balance here. This is this is I would say in the middle of the first quarter to the second quarter. I think from then on, you're, you're going to have most players are not going to be on your roster. Um simple as that. And if they have a great game, that's that's fine. Maybe it helps them. Make the practice squad. Maybe they play great enough where they are actually on, on the team. But um, other than the kicker, Brandon Aubrey, who could go out there. I mean, I'd love to see three or four field goals. I think everyone would feel better about that. And why not try a 55-yard field goal when the ball's at the 38-yard line instead of punting? I mean, why not? If he makes it, you feel so much better about him. If he misses it, it's 55 yards. You know, I mean, you're not going to be. I, I think it's. I think it's just a good situation. You're trying to help the guy, so uh, that's what I want to see in this game. I want to see them stay healthy. I want to see some 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 field goals, and uh, you know, let's just, let's move on. That's it. That, that's really the, not a whole lot other to it uh, than that. Those two things right there. All right, went a little bit overtime. Nothing nothing too crazy. I think that's that's going to do it for this show and this week on Cowboys Storyline. Uh, stay tuned to the website. I'll tweet out the schedule. For next week, we're still trying to get through this last week here. We'll probably go three more times next week, uh, different times. And then when we ramp it up, when the season starts, we're going to be at the uh, 10 a.m., uh, time slot for 30 minutes right before um, Mike McCarthy's press conferences. So that, that'll be the schedule. But for this next week, kind of stay tuned to uh, Twitter and the website and and the app, Cowboys app, to make sure you get the time of when we're going on Cowboys Storyline. All right, for our producer, Chris Beam, I'm Nick Eatman. We will see you next week on Cowboys Storyline. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about you, Cowboys?